in Black America's show. Uh, tonight we have a very interesting show going on. It is about gun reform and the incident that happened in Florida this, this last past week. Uh, everyone has been affected by this. Republicans, Democrats, Independents, we all have. So I definitely want to let you all know that this is a very exciting show for us today. Uh, so I'm your host, Darrell D., and your co-host, Monique. Ms. Ms. Monique. Uh, <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all should, under, y'all should know that uh, we have also created another platform where Ms. Monique has an alter ego. She's got an alter ego, and her name is uh, Carmelita Bultai. And so she is oh one of God. the uh, sexy co-hosts to the show that we're creating now, uh, the uh, Landau Smooth Show, the way we see it, the way I see it with Landau Smooth. So uh, we encourage you guys to tune in to that. But anyway, uh, Ms. Monique is here again tonight. She is in her rightful seat as my co-pilot. Welcome home, me love. Uh, Monique will be a, uh, a great advocate an asset to her special ed students. We are proud that she is in the game. That means guest is here. Your guest is here. Uh, Okay, all right. And what guest is that? I don't know. Hello, guest. Hello, guest. Uh, Anyway, uh, Monique will be a great advocate and asset to her special ed students. Uh, we are proud that she's in the game. We also welcome a few guests. Ms. Dasheree Freeman and Ms. Keisha Thomas uh, Freeman is requested to, to return this week as well. Therefore, we do have a very exciting show tonight. Uh, welcome, Ms. Dasheree Freeman. If you're out there on the phone, uh, we definitely are excited about hearing your voice. And to yes, all I'm of us. Good afternoon, Ms. Freeman. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm ready to um, chop up this conversation, talk about some good stuff, and voice my opinion. How are you? How are you today? I'm doing good. Well, we still got some introductions to uh, to bring across. So if you just give me a minute, I will go ahead and make the intros, and then we'll get right into the show. Uh, oh, of course. Well, okay. Listeners, we invite everyone to call in and be a part of our hot Thank topics you. and conversation. Uh, you are welcome to call in on the number 347-989-0180. Again, be our guest and call 347-989-0180. Press 1 to add your voice to the conversation. We all have differences of opinions. Here is the place where you can express yours. All that we ask is that you stay on topic and be respectful. Our broadcast times are 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time on Thursday nights, 8 to 9 Eastern. Uh, Mark your calendars so that you may become a part of this dynamic broadcast. Tune in and listen. And you know what? I am so happy to be here. Well, you know, don't forget Miss Ia. And and you know what? I know that, 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 that my angel is out there with her ancestors and what are you talking about, the uh, Honorable Queen Mother? The Honorable Queen yeah. Mother. We would like to Ia. thank Queen Mother uh, for Real Radio Productions. The late Ia Awafalola is the founder, and we continue to thank her for allowing us this platform to share with you. Now, the production is now operated by Imani Dawson and Kenneth Jones. We are very excited about the endless opportunities that we see in our future together, and we want to thank both of them. Great things happen when great minds converge. You want to talk about the foundation of this show, uh, Miss Monique? Ms. Monique? Yeah, if you turn the air conditioning on. Uh, That would be like 100 degrees in here. (laughs) The foundation of this show is based on the book, The Superior Power in Black America, written by the one and only D. Freeman. There are three major points that this book discusses. And they are self-help, self-sufficiency, and the fact that the black community has the ability to eliminate resources such as food stamps, general assistance, and government handouts. And this book also discusses the need for unity, self-love, and pride in our black culture. We must study African history in order to draw from the power within our heritage. 
also gaining knowledge of the importance of what our productivity and spending contributes to our economy. Oh, my goodness. The only way of controlling our wealth is by becoming informed of how we spend and where we spend. Our wealth must benefit us. This book has also developed into a movement. Yep, a movement, and it's called TSPBA. So that's an acronym for the superior power in black America, T-S-I-B-A, where black people can join and build wealth and unity. And, hey, guys, for all of you that may be uh, in the Austin, Texas area, we will be at Old Settlers Park behind the Dell Diamond on Highway 79. This is on Saturday morning uh, between 2.30 and 12 o'clock at night. Well, we set up at 12 afternoon, and then we, uh, we're there from 2.30 to 12. This is an event that um, has, been, has continued through uh, the black community here in Austin. It is called Juneteenth Event. And what they celebrate is they celebrate when uh, on uh, June 19th, 1867, is when uh, black folks in uh, Texas were set free. That is two full years. Well, that's when they found out. No, they, they, they always knew, but Texas wouldn't they allow them to go. No, no, they did not know. Well, okay, we'll talk about oh, that. Trust me, I, I just got through taking a test. Trust me. I'm the idea was Texas did not abide by the Emancipation Proclamation that was given by President Lincoln in 1865. 1867 is when they decided to comply. And the only reason why they did is because America was going back to civil war. And so they decided to go ahead and comply with the Emancipation Proclamation, and that created the celebration called Juneteenth. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Oh, yes. yes. We will be there Saturday, but... I'd like to just rebut uh, a little bit right now. I encountered something today at work. I need. I encountered two things at work today that just got me. And it wasn't just today. It's been all week. But I, it's a, it comes a point when I do a transaction for someone to change their address or renew their driver's license, and they they say I ask them if they'd like to register to vote. And and the first thing is they say, no, nah, why should I do that? Then the second thing I get is once I tell them how much the license costs, they say, what, that's how much it costs to register to vote? And I'm like, that's a civil liberty. It doesn't cost anything to register to vote. You're talking it's, about ignorance. It's, it's, a, it's, it's amazing, and it's in all races. And so what, <clears throat> so what, what has come across, uh, is, is the fact that we got to let our people know it doesn't, maybe that's the problem. We got to let them know it doesn't cost anything to register to vote, for one. And for two, we have to let them know that it is very important that they vote, that they cast their vote. That's all I've got to say. Well, you know what, you know, to, 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 to your point, um, the media has already let everybody know that getting the registration and the rightful information in order to vote is more difficult. <clears throat> And so a lot of people just don't feel like they should vote because it won't benefit them either way it go. But then to make it difficult, it's almost like I won't do that at all. And so that's, I think that's one of the things that has given us that reaction by people. They already hear that, it's, oh, it's a terrible event to try to vote, and so why should I vote? It's not going to benefit me. So, you know, I mean, with that one-two punch, that, that – you know, kills the spirit and, and of both. one guy told me today, he said, have you ever seen that man that's um, that's online? Jim Carrey is sitting there, and he has uh, two two daggers, one in one leg, one in the other. And he said, this is Hillary Clinton, and this is Donald Trump. And he's trying to figure out which one to pull out first. And I'm like, that's not funny. It's not funny, but it is true when it comes to the black community. It doesn't really matter which a, one of them. This was a Caucasian man. Uh, still, it doesn't matter which one of them gets into office. It is not going to benefit the the black community to the point of we being uplifted. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's going to be business as usual because Hillary Clinton is already sold out to the lobbyists and people that she's taking money from. Donald Trump is on a trip of his own, so it won't make no difference. He don't care none about black folks. Okay, so <clears> now <throat> that we talked about that, yes. do we have any other guests on the line tonight? 
Dr. Ray Freeman, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Thank you, Ken. <clears throat> By the way, that's Kenneth Jones. He's one of our engineers tonight. Uh, thanks, Ken, for being with us tonight, man. We certainly appreciate you. He's uh, I not do, only our, in, in, our engineer, he does do some, some commenting, well, so he, he is a commentator. He's our business partner as well. <laughs> he is our, our business partner. <laughs> but let's get into the topic. Uh, we are uh, running out of time. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to read the first part of this, and then, Dr. Ray, I'm going to ask you what do you think. And, uh, Monique, I'm going to ask you what do you think, and then uh, we'll get other rebuttals. Uh, but let, here's how it starts. Uh, gun control and the Florida shooting. There will always be a Florida shooting in America. There will never be comprehensive gun reform in America under the current House of Representatives or the seating Senate. America is a nation that lives on fear. The fact that American lives, American lives, America lives on fear makes her more vulnerable to the very thing she fears most. Americans fear that someone will take their freedom, their rights, their life, and their guns. What weakens America and makes her more vulnerable to these attacks is she creates laws that allow people to purchase assault weapons by the truckload without question. She upholds outdated First Amendment laws that no longer effectively protect our people or serve our society. And the First Amendment law is the right to bear arms, in case you don't know. It is the right to bear arms. But you know what? If you read that law, if you read that amendment, you will understand that it is about America protecting America. Itself, yeah, it's about people that are not in America. But this is the same thing that this is why they're trying to use that particular amendment because they consider themselves protecting themselves from people that are not American. It However... However, <clears throat> these individuals that, that did these terrorist attacks, they, 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 they were Americans. They were Americans. They were born here. Okay, so let me finish. Naturalized, whatever. Let me finish. We will open up the floor, I promise. These very laws allow people who plan to do us harm purchase and assault weapons. This notion is so stupid. We make it easy for people who, in, who are infected with the hate disease to purchase it, as many assault weapons as they desire, all under the idea they have a right to protect themselves. Second Amendment U.S. Constitution. These people have no intention on protecting themselves until they are in a gunfight with police officers trying to stop them from committing mass murder. Okay, so that's my opinion. Now, there's no reason why a terrorist can legally purchase an AK-47 or an AR-15 without being questioned about why he needs one and what purpose would he use it for. Dasha Ray, what do you think? Well, um, my opinion on this on this whole thing is is, is just it is really ridiculous. It's getting out of hand. Um, if you go back and do you know research. <clears throat> on the past um, shootings, most of those guys have had, you know, military weapons. And for me, in my opinion, I feel like they're all connected in some kind of way. Like, how are they? Why are they able to have access to these these army weapons? What 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 are they doing? Like, do they have? You know, are are they like? Are they in the army, or do they have a you know a reason to be buying these weapons? Do do you know is is there is that even being looked at? Well, I think it's they're, not, they're, they're, they're not, not the military or anything like that. And and you know what? Because the First Amendment allows us to bear arms, they're able to purchase these weapons freely, and they're a doing it. Rifle? Well, Anyone they yeah. Rifles, any Buying type of rifles? yes, any type of any type of weapon of your choice, a weapon, any type of firearm of your choice. Use yourself right now to walk into a store. They can run you, find out you're cool, and you can grab one off the shelf, pay for it, get some shells, and go. You can do it. Even and if see, you know, I up. think that should be. I think that should be limited. Like I think that. I don't. I, I agree with the right to bear arms, but I feel like it should be. It should be limited. It should be, um, like only certain certain people of certain 
you know, criteria should be able to purchase these 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 weapons. I don't think any person off the street should just be able to go into a store and buy, you know, purchase these guns. Like crazy. Well, That's that is crazy. the fight. That is the fight in con- in Congress and on the Hill right now, Capitol Hill, uh, with our politicians. The Democrats recently, just yesterday, did a what they call a filibuster. And that filibuster is what you do in a filibuster is you stop any other bill from coming onto the floor or any other business from being discussed until the floor is released from the people who is doing uh, is holding it hostage so that no bills can be uh, voted on or moved on. Now that went on for. Mm. Yeah, and they did that, you know what, and they've done that in, in the other party as well for other laws because they wanted to block. But that's a whole other story. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce Dr. Ray Freeman to you again in case you don't remember. She is our granddaughter. Hey. And we're very, very Hi. proud. She has opened her mind, and like, like most, we want most of these young adults to do, but she is really grabbing a hold of current affairs, wanting to know why. She's 21 years old. 21 years old, wanting to make sense out of it. And one of her main reasons is because she has a little girl that's going to grow up in this world. Why should her daughter have to go to school and she be worried if her baby is okay? Why should she live in fear? Why should she live in fear? Mm Mm-hmm. Why should she live in fear? Why should she have to drive on I-57 in downtown Chicago and worry about what's going to happen if she drives down? She needs to know. And she doesn't even live in Chicago. She lives very close. However, it's, it's important to all of us, no matter where you are, even here in Texas with me. I had a woman, I, I was feeling kind of weird today, and I called Daryl and I said, hey, I don't feel right. Something's going on with you. Are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. So I get back on the floor, and the woman comes over to my desk, and I'm helping her. And she said, you see those two guys sitting there? I said, yeah. She said, they got, uh, they have guns. And I said, yeah, because it's an open carry state. I, she said, but they can have it in a government agency? I said, yeah, they, they can. As long as it's not a courthouse, yeah, they can. And she says to me, well, I wasn't feeling very comfortable, and it just feels strange. And so the next thing I know, I think, Perhaps um, they might have been watching them on camera. They were escorted out. But um, it's a very uncomfortable situation, especially here, because it's an open carry state. Um, and it's, it's it's scary. It's really scary because, I mean, we have in my office no protection. So, well, you know. I, I, I want to add to crazy. that. That's crazy. That is a Yeah. I want to put a caveat on that. Uh, it's dangerous for legally, you know, people that carry guns legally. But here's here's the biggest problem. These weapons are accessible to people that consider themselves gang members. They Mm outgun these. And so when you're talking about a young person with the power of an AR-15 who really don't understand that this weapon is just strictly a war weapon, it's not something that you play with or you go out and you cap one or two people. This is a major piece of artillery. And so to have that type of artillery in the neighborhood is not something that we created, it's something that we're using. You see, that young guy who has that weapon, he didn't buy it. He didn't bring it into the community. Somehow it was accessible. No, he to bought him. it. He went to the gun store. He didn't go to, he purchased what? it. He bought it. Yeah, but but why would you do that though? And I don't think that's the case. I think a lot he of these weapons. Case. He are had been illegal. casing. He had been casing. But um, he bought it legally. But right. young black men are questioned all the time. They don't go to no gun store and buy no AR-15 without the police knocking on their door. And the dealer will already have sent the information to the officer. Now, this other guy, he got it because he's not black, okay? So my position is, how is it possible that our community have so many of these war weapons? We don't, we don't buy them legally, and we don't bring them into the country. So for me, it's like... I mean, like, to me, it's the same thing as drugs. I mean, we don't buy them legally. And well, we, we don't bring them in? We, don't def- we definitely don't bring the drugs into the country. No. We, I mean, it's not, we, I feel like it's all a part of the plan. Like it's all a part of it, like the plan. Well, 
So it is. It I'm glad you said that. It always has been. I'm yeah. glad you said that because guess what? The plan is backfiring. They make it assess- accessible to the people that they want to kill up each other, but they never considered the people that is actually doing the mass murdering is them themselves. To a certain degree. They're the ones going into the schools. They're the ones going into these places where you can find a lot of people and just firing up everybody. Young black folks, they, they, they fight among themselves. They ain't going to no school just killing up kids haphazardly. So that is Yeah, and it's also, it's also the, the people from, the, from other countries. Like some people were sent here by their parents to, you know, they, they, they were embedded in them to, to, you know, grow up and carry, have a mission to carry out. You know, that, that was some people's purpose of coming, of coming here to America, you know. So, like you said, they didn't, they didn't really think that, you know, it was going to be, you know, you know, half of them and half of these people from over here and these people from over here, and they just made it easy because now the people that came from the other country to take down America, you know, they're they're allowed to buy them too, you know. So that's correct. You know, I have to tell that's you, I have to, I have to share something. That's with a you. big picture. Let me share something with you. When I go overseas, I have and I'm there as a sailor or a soldier. I'm there to protect my country. I'm an ambassador of the United States. And we are on our best behavior when we do that. Um, but we go there. And, for instance, when we got to Turkey and we got off the ship, they actually had newspapers because they had never seen female soldiers um, and they, they or female sailors and there were pictures on the front of this newspaper saying the Amazons have arrived. Now, I wasn't just black but women. That's so, crazy. You know, but, so people, it, it, it's, called, it's called a lack of understanding because not everybody that comes to this country is here on that type of mission. I see Middle Eastern people that come in my office every day, and they're not here on that mission. They're here to go to school. They're engineers. They're doctors. Yeah, but you know, I feel like that—that's true. You know, that's true. You know, you got some people that really come in to, to live their American dream. But you still, you still have those people because America. I feel like America. I feel like we are bullies and we cannot mind our own business. Back then, you know, we we would we would, you know, get in people's business and make enemies with with the next with the next. Um, country or whatever the case may be. But you know what? I have to tell you what we, I. We make enemies. But you know what? It's 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 not it's not that simple. It's it's not that simple. There are allies that have grown from being countries that we assisted. And so why does they, everyone want to attack America? Why why well, no. why have we been attacked well, right now, for right now, years and years and years? You got to do your research, man, uh, and uh, find out why America is hated by so many other countries. Uh, one of the biggest reasons is because everywhere we America has gone, they have left in the wake of leaving turmoil, destruction, and mass murder. No, that's that's not true. That is true. Every nationality that they have intersected oh, yeah, with has, has they have left yeah, with FCC. mayhem and destruction. Well, it is true. That's not true. Let me tell you why it's not true. Like I was saying, we have had countries that were very small that we assisted in defense. You know, it's just like having a big brother, and that big brother comes and they take up for you. You grow up, and you yourself become a superpower. You become an ally. And this is what has happened in so many so many uh, uh, areas of, of politics and and, and, and uh national relationships and international relationships uh, with the United States because we we are. We're allies, and, and there, we, there are some good deals and some bad deals. There are some people that like us. There are some people that don't, you know. But we do what we have to do. And as a as a sailor and my, and my husband as being a soldier, we defend our country. That is true. So I would never say that we left mayhem because we were put in a position to defend we defend lives that, that that people don't realize. When I'm when I'm over there and you're asleep, I'm protecting the fact that you can sleep well at night and not worry about your house being bombed. 
This, you know how many how many women and men right now are making sure that our borders are safe. They're doing that. They're sacrificing themselves to make sure we're okay. They can't do everything and they can't make it perfect, but it could be by far worse than what it is. And so right. I'm proud to be an American, especially an American military American military personnel, because what we do is defend the people in our country. We can't hate it now. All we can do is just decide on what we can do to unify and make this right. And the bottom line is, right. first thing that we have to do is know the truth as African-American people. That's correct. Because we, we, we as African-American people, we're lost. We're, we're lost to a great degree. And it's because of lack of understanding. We don't know a lot of things. I, I, I don't totally agree with that. I feel like we are not yeah. as lost as they would think we are, but we do have to redefine who we are and where we're headed. That is what I believe. I believe that we have a lot of intelligent people, a lot of people that's business-minded and a lot of people that's going into, oh, yes, you know, doing positive things. I know we're one of them. Monique is one of them. We're not lost. We know where we need to go. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not saying lost as far as, you know, making money or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about identity-wise. Mm-hmm. We, we need to know who we are, where I agree we come with from. You know. That's what the book is all about, though. Let me tell you. I, I, I have to tell you. I, I am a believer. People ask me, are you Christian? You know, I used to be. But I'm a believer. I believe in God. I believe in God. And and that's that's my belief. I believe in God. Because there's, as I as I look back in history and as I've studied over the past few years, when you study, when you study, you, you find, you find that there are discrepancies. What the truth is, yeah. There are discrepancies, and you do have to discern what, what part mm-hmm. will you latch onto and will you believe. You know, I I I I know with my relationship with God, it is a relationship. It is not a religion. I you know I I can go to a Baptist church. But I'm 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 not a religious person because I don't aspire to all of the doctrine and all of the I don't adhere to all of the you know, hard line um, adherences that you have to go through in order to be a Christian. I yeah. don't do and that. Speaking of, speaking of that, since we were talking about the war on weapons, as Hillary would put it, mm-hmm. and we're talking about religion, I'm gonna bring that down to. The families that have lost loved ones in the Orlando shooting. We have a moment of silence for them. All right. Thank you for that, Monique. It was uh, awesome. I, I like it. I, I'm going to tell you, I have a, a, a really good friend with a daughter who is gay. My goddaughter is gay. My niece, my oldest niece, is gay. And she lives here in Texas. I don't love her any less. I don't love them any less than I've ever loved them because of their choice. And that is And I wish somebody would walk up in a nightclub and shoot them up because I would find them to the death of (laughs) them. You would not. Yes, I would. My thing is, if you love somebody so much, if it was your family member. It would hurt. It would definitely hurt. hurt. But it you wouldn't can't. hurt so bad. You have to let the authorities right. deal you, with no, that. No, no, I'm just saying. I, yeah. I'm just saying. I love them. Yeah. So when people start posting like uh, Dan Patrick and all these people that are posting things about, you know, the word of God says, that's where that stuff comes in. <laughs> you know, just like in, in, in 12 Years a Slave, that the master tried to come out there with a, you, you, it's okay to whip you. <laughs> My bottom line is they love who they love, and only they are going to be judged. Only God is going to judge them. We are not to judge them. That is correct. So if they love who they love, that's fine. But they're not a they, they're a we. We're all a part of each other. These women are my blood. And so when I look at my niece, I see my daddy. I don't see a gay one. Right, right. You know, when I see Mm. my goddaughter, I don't see... A gay woman. I see that six-year-old little girl that used to let me do her hair every day. So the bottom line is, when it comes down to those people that lost their lives and their family members, if you out there and you hear me 
and you oppose it and you want to Bible, you want to you want to throw the Bible bus on them or throw them underneath the Bible bus, go right ahead. Judge. Right. But remember. But you know what? Just like everyone keeps saying that what? it's a sin for people to be gay, he also said that, you know, it's a sin to judge. Now, that's yeah, not I mean, what this about though, we and I don't want to get off. But that's, that's 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 what you guys are talking about. No, we talking about guns. We yeah, talking that's about where, how and that's where it ties, and that's where and that's where it ties in. This man had an opinion about a group of people and decided that it was on him because he was a judge of them to kill them. That is true. Okay, but, right. But yeah. people are just as judgmental when they can shoot their neighbor on the street. So the point is not about whether this person took that action or that person took that action. My position here is let's clean it up. Get them doggone guns off the street so that we don't have to have as many of these incidences that are necess- that are possible. And you know how to do it? You have the politicians have to write no don't turn that up. Politicians have to write the legislation, okay, that will create the law that will say AR-15 is no longer available, sellable, or accessible to the average person. A Glock, no longer accessible. And this is comprehensive gun reform that we're talking about. We're not talking about the incident. You know, I don't see what the problem is in, in doing that, because I lived on an island that had absolutely no access to violent weapons. And that was the most beautiful time of my life. And I, I lived there for the only two years. Country. I lived there for two years in La Madalena, Italy, where you could not even have a pocket knife. They're not going to do that. It was the wonderful. government is not going to do that. They want that. They're not going to do that. But they can be type of real in from the access that we have. We, we, we have enough guns out there, man. And let me tell you who generally stockpiles guns. It's not people that want to protect themselves. It's people that think they're going to have to stand up mm-hmm. against Yep. Because somehow their government is going to take their weapons, take their freedom, take their guns, and they want to fight for that. But they'll, these same people will fight for any reason. It don't even have to be about guns. They have guns, and they will attack. And that's why it's 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 almost sinful for this country to have you know, so many guns available to so many sick people. Yeah. So, so uh, in a perfect world, Mr. Freeman, mm-hmm. what what would you do if you if you could create legislation? What legislation? What would it look like? I'm, I want to get on the train where there are people holding the politicians accountable for their voting process. If you are not going to vote for comprehensive. Uh, uh, laws that will protect my child, my grandchild, or my niece, then I don't want you writing those laws. If you're not going to uh, play the game like it should be played and protect all of us, then you don't need to be a leader or a legislator. And so voting is what stops it. You know, if we hold them accountable, then they will write the right law. That's where it begins. And then we need to get our police officers and everybody together and they're going to get these guns off the street. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Now that we've gotten past that topic, because we, we should get on another one. Okay, well, then I turn wanna, the page. Let's, let's turn the page and, and let's... Um, second topic. Let's talk about our second topic. Now, I'm trying to figure out if our other guest is on the line. Well, are you there, Ms. Ms. We'll, we'll Ms. know. Thomas. Kenneth will tell us All when right. she dials in. Okay. All right. Membership update, guys. So, wait. What is this next topic that you want to take us from the first one and go into the second one? What are we talking about? Well, you know what? We're talking I, about the basis of I, the show. We're going to talk about the basis of the show. But when we, when we finish... If we have any time, I want us to get on a lighter note to kind of bring it down just yeah, a little bit. I agree. Um, but I want to talk about the Superior Power in Black America show. Which is which is basically and, and wanna, how this platform began. And I and I want to talk about gave me the wrong thing. No. Um, so we just said that. 
I want to talk about what we're doing with Steva. And, and, and again, you can visit us at www.tspeba.com. But I want you to know that this is the fastest growing organization in America dedicated to the betterment of the black community. We are now successfully ending our second quarter of the first year, and I'm proud to announce that since inception of our movement December of 2015, we have grown to 60-plus members with 25 pending and committed to bettering the future for black Americans. Still growing. We do it. We have another edition uh, just last week. Uh, someone else joined, so oh, that, wow. that's that increased cool. that. That is that, really yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah. Our members consist of those who are frustrated with the dream of realizing our prosperity at some undetermined time in the future. You know, I was just having a conversation with you, Ray. Oh, you have a caller. Uh, this might be All right. Call. All right. Thank you, Kenneth. Who's that caller? Good morning. It's Keisha. How are you? Hello, our second guest has arrived. Thank you so much, uh, Keisha. I, I call you Keisha Thomas Freeman. Just Freeman. Oh, yeah, you always do that. <laughs> so we have Dr. Ray on the line also, Keisha. You want to say hello to Dr. Oh, Ray? Oh, well, hello, Dr. Ray. How are you? Oh, hi. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> I told, Good, I'm I told Dr. Ray that you were a party animal, uh, Keisha. Well, you're anyway. spreading bad rumors. Yeah. <laughs> bad rumors. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but what I was going to say is, uh, real quick, and then, Keisha, you can elaborate on this. Uh, Dr. Ray and I were talking about, pretty much last night, rocking right now. Um, this subject, I believe, because of us, because of your experiences, my experience, and Daryl's experiences, we will be able to kind of speak to speak to my, my grandchild about rocking right now. Uh, we've all been in situations that the doors have closed and just slammed shut on you. Bam! You're thinking everything is good, and all of a sudden it's like, what the heck happened? What is that going to do with speed? We're talking about yeah. we're, we're talking about how we build, how we're building up. Okay. Our, we're, we're talking about how we build up our youth. Okay. How we take them to the next level when those doors close. Okay, good. Good, because my now what Monique is talking about is uh, Dr. Ray has recently come into a situation where she seems to think the doors are closing on her, and I I have already informed my granddaughter because I'm if, if I I'm gonna tell her like it is, and so when God closes up one door, He opens up ten more, but you have to seek those doors that are open, and you have to be positioned. But also us too open. So SPIBA allows us that. Mm-hmm. SPIBA allows us that. And what we're trying to do and what we want all of our members and our family members to understand is we need you. We need you to help us. Give us ideas. What would you like SPIBA to do? For you. For you. So, Dr. Ray, what would you like SPIBA to do for you? Are you there? Um, Yes, I'm here. Um, that's a that's a trick question right now, seeing that I'm in the situation that I'm in. Um, well, being a mom, provide, being a mom, being a mom, and 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 just kind of going through what you're going through. What do you need? What is it that you need from the community right now? What do you want? What how, would you how like could, to have? How could Spiva change your life if there was an opportunity? What would it be? Um. It will probably what I need. I'm gonna go off what I would need right now. I would need some form of daycare for my child mm-hmm. for me to be able daycare to assistance. work. Yes. Okay. Affordable okay. daycare. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll hear we. I was a week for for Aaron Marie when she was a child. When, yeah, she, was, when she was in daycare. Okay. Two hundred dollars a week. So what what could we do as far as Steve's concerned? We could uh we could educate and help to certify uh child care workers, get them out there in the community, uh, get get the get get the grants that we need to get that started. So that's something that we can do. That's well, something that we can uh, we can we can start working on. It's more than that. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You know, uh, Ray, when you get lemons, mm-hmm. you Turn them into lemonade. Right now, 
you need daycare. Well, you don't understand that it is so easy to open up a daycare and that you could be the head of a daycare. That is true. And all you have to do Mm -hmm. is find mothers that need the same service that you need and then provide it. And what's better than to be to then to homeschool and make sure your daughter gets the highest education that is possible at any daycare. I think so, I just I think I just saw Doctor Ray walk in with a bag. So understand yeah. when you talk about we talk about support, we talk about building, we talk about answering the question and then filling that that demand. So what you need, my love, is you need five other mothers who need the same thing that you need, and then they need to pay you about $35 a week to handle, to take care of their child. Now, but you can do what? it But guess home. what? Now, guess what? Any other mother would say, or any person that's running a daycare would say $35 a week. Really, what's that going to do? Well, you multiply okay. it by five. Yeah, but guess what? And then you multiply that by four. But then you have certifications and things like that that you have to get. You that's, have to get that's what the money is for. You have to get for. permits. But that's not that's not enough, and that's why the price is the way that it is. So that's why I say again, people need to start with educating, mm-hmm. educating our our children, our people, our students, whoever, about what they can do to become those business owners and what type of capital that they will need, and they're still going to need that capital. Mm-hmm. So I do understand what you're saying about entrepreneurship. Yeah. All right, Keisha, let me let me ask you this: what what are your ideas for Spiba? What would you like to see Spiba do for the community? Um, that's a loaded question, Monique. Very good question. Um, from my end, at the level mm-hmm. that I'm at in my life, um, I would probably say I'm not a parent, so I don't really know anything about, you know, teaching a child or anything. But what I could say is the convenience of doing the womanly thing, like, you know, um, the hairdresser, the barber shop, the, um, the 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 women getting their eyebrows and their eyelashes. I don't get those things done, but many women do, and um, there aren't a lot of those stations or businesses in the African American um, community for women to go to. We're going to the Osamas. We're going to the Chinese people to get our feet and our nails done. And I, by the way, I don't do that. I do not. Um, contribute to the Asian popularity with um, any salon services at all. Um, my Afri- my best friend, she's an African-American hairdresser. She does my hair, my nail tech. She's an African-American nail tech. She does my feet, my hands, um, and so forth. So I think those are things that at the level that I am at in life would be forthcoming for us and be a tremendous help with putting the money back into our community. Uh, that is a total. That is totally in agreement because guess what? We have had the technology to create to make wigs here in America, and absolutely, who better to understand the quality of the hair that you want to wear, the price absolutely. that you want, you know, the styles that you want to keep? Who's better to to understand that and 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 and, and then supply that need to the mass? Majority of black women who wear that stuff, but another Absolutely. black. Absolutely. Well, let me so let me tell There's you no that reason something. why we shouldn't be having uh, 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 wig shops all over all America. All women wear them. All women wear them. Caucasian, German, Asian, whatever, Mexican, Latino. All women wear this. Wear these these uh, additional add-ins to their hair. All women pamper their feet, their hands. Um, mm-hmm. All women get additional things done to their eyebrows, their lashes. It's, this has been happening over a period of decades and years. It's nothing new. It's just our neighborhoods for us to uh, make some money off of it you and know, for and us to feed our families by doing this. You know, it's so funny you say that because I Absolutely. was actually speaking to a lady today, and she was an African-American woman here in Texas, you know, and she says to me, She's like, oh, girl, my husband's got a family reunion this weekend. I need my ID. I need my, my license updated. And she said, I got to get a wig. And she just said mm-hmm. it. Did you just say that? Cause I, and she was like, no, nah, girl, let me tell you. I, I ordered it online, but I got to get one if this one don't come in. And she showed me this website with 
Sherry Shepard, Vivica Fox, Beverly Johnson. I mean, wigs by Mo. These are people. They're all wearing them. They're all wearing them. These are black women with their line, their own line of hair, period. And see, the thing is, when I go to the wig shop or to the beauty supply store to buy hair. It's Korean. Well, no, they got Vivica. They got Vivica. They might have Beverly Johnson. But other than that, they got Zuri and all this other stuff. And it's like, no. Where are our women? That's right. Where are they? Because they're online and you can buy from them directly. But what, where? How can, I need to see it. I need a place where I can go and get it myself. Well, they have to be able to sell it in bulk. And they do sell it in bulk. Absolutely. Then we need the stores open, and we need to be supporting that, those. That, that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm referring to. We need storefronts open so that these so women can come to these places and get this. There are many opportunities online. I mean, online has taken over the market. Online, you can get everything online. You can buy everything from the router to everything. But the actual storefronts. I mean, I want to see how that wig looks on my head. I don't want to just order it online and receive it and try it on, and I don't like it, and send it back. And then That's not convenient. That is not convenient. Suppose you need that wig right now. You're forced to wear it. Absolutely. Not necessary. Mm-hmm. You can just how, many years, I, how many years have the Asian culture taken our money home, so home much, neighborhood? So much money from us. Mm-hmm. It's it's phenomenally insane when you add up the numbers. Even Let's, I mean, there's no way I can add up the numbers. I I just know that it's billions. I just know that it's hey, remember, billions. Hey, listen, hey, me, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Hold on. Let's 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 keep that one going because guess what? African Americans, black folks in America, we spend 1.1 trillion dollars a year, and a mm-hmm. great deal of that amount goes to the hair industry. Under Absolutely. Uh, population and they are living wealthy and very well. You know, and what's absolutely. Really, and you know what, Key? What's really strange? Ray, are you still there? Yeah. Ray, I'm you here. Still, okay. Yeah. What What really got me? I I do have a friend who's Vietnamese, and we were talking about um, the the restaurant that that Key and I want to open, and um, he said the guy said no, no, we. No, nobody has time for that. I'm just going to open up a nail shop. And I, I couldn't look Why? at Daryl because he didn't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but I was sitting there going, nail shop, really? Yeah, fast money, low uh, investment. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. And you okay? You don't have to be there. So, no, yeah. you don't. And and how many times do you see them give to other communities and other cultures? And, well, to the I wrong. know when I go. I know when I go into the salon or the hairdressers or see them, they're not visiting any of our stores. Well, not only that, but when you're sitting there getting your nails done, the funny thing about it is they're talking about you. <laughs> not the you know they really, I mean, I'm just, I'm just. Uh, look, look, don't do that. I'm just saying. But anyway, listen. So, uh, you got your Beverly Johnson, you got your Sherry Shepherd, you got your black women with the wigs and things like that. You have your black hairstylists. You have the capability to open up these stores. You, we, we do. We do. We have the capability to open up venues for restaurants. We have, we have the capability to do these things. Well, we don't now. No, but we, if we got into SPIVA, if we, if, we, if we got together under SPIVA, then that is where we find the, the money. So, That's where we and, invest and, the purpose, and, 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 and the redirect purpose. that spending back to the community. Now, right now, is everybody, everybody's like, okay, so I'm, I'm joining SPIBA. I'm joining SPIBA. What next? Well, what what's going on is what next is we're getting all of our members together. We're getting everybody in tune. People are, uh, it's growing every day. It's amazing to us. It's growing every day. And all these people are coming together. And trust me, there'll be, by November, you'll see a mass amount of people really joining. But... What I'm what I'm saying to you is what's going to happen at that point is we'll have the membership. We'll have the people that we need. And that's when we start getting together. We start having these shareholder meetings. We start having the, the conversation about what we're going to do next. Well, it's, and, it's already planned. And so the plan is simple. After SPIBA reaches 5,000 members, 
then a monetary requirement would be requested, requested, requested. That monetary requirement is $25 a month. Now, with $25 a month times 5,000 people, that's a significant enough amount that we can then open up a couple of week shops. We can then take some of that money and redirect to some of these areas that need a school. We can do some real live work with that money and redirect that back to communities. We don't have to wait until we get 10 million members to start doing good work. We could start with a small amount of money and then do a little bit of work, open up some daycares, get some people, get some people involved that need those that help, that assistance, daycare assistance, and then have those, have some of the mothers go through some of the training, and then they have their own daycare in that community. Now, what I will tell you is there are quite a few, and I'm noticing quite a few grassroots organizations doing the same thing that we're trying to do right now. They're they're starting off doing the same thing, and and, and it's amazing. It's good because it's not about competition. It's about having enough people out there that are getting people involved and grabbing the people in the community and changing things. So what what we stand for and what we're trying to do it's not a competition, but what we're trying to do is be the best agency that, that won't won't take from you but give to you and make sure that we educate you and let you know what you need to do, how you need to do it, and train you. Well, we could, it's more than that because this is the organization that not only so, manages that daycare or oversees the daycare. No, we and have nothing let to me, do let with the daycare. And make sure that that daycare doesn't falter because when – the daycare finds that uh, the children have grown and are now in school and they don't have the, uh, the, 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 the people that come, then we find another way to make sure that that well, particular you know what? With way any, to, with, any great, with any great daycare, with any good company, people continue to come. It's, it's a graduation well, process. Their school is a graduation process. SPIBA so, is the organization that huh? makes sure. Caller, what did you say? So how do we get our people to feel like they're the that, that they the could hurt. make a difference and and be a part of this and be included? That the that's the way. that's where we're lacking. That's where we're lacking. We how can we, we get them to feel like out. they're inclusive? We have to get the information out, Keisha. We 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 not only have to get the information out, we have to express it in a way that they will buy in. People How do we gain their trust? That is, that's the hurdle. Well, you that's know what? To me, that's not a hurdle. Because when people are spending their money, that's the number well, one she, thing that they're looking, they're looking into, trust. And you know what, Keisha? Yes. You're absolutely right. But one thing that I learned before we get ready to end this, uh, I used to do what they call fresh start. I used to do bankruptcies and divorces. What they want to know, like you said, is that they can trust the people that right. they're dealing with. They can trust you. I was Absolutely. able to be trans- I was able to be transparent enough and endear my customers in our business, letting them know upfront what's happening, what could happen, what could go wrong, and what could go their way. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you get in a company like Spiba, if you go to www.tspiba.com in an orga- organization like Spiba, not a not a, a company. But if you go to the website, the website breaks it down for you, and it, it tells you, it gives you the answers that you're seeking. Um, but then also, if you want to know more about it and, and you're out there, you feel free to email uh, Daryl, and, and you can email him through the website. And we can send bylaws. We can, we can send, send everything to you. Everything that we need to uh, let you know that this organization is about inclusion. But you know what? Everything is comprehensive. And and you know so that and that's another thing we're trying to get people on board such as accountants, attorneys. That, we that, have to have them. That we we have to have them. Ten million because members. This, this is a, a, an organization, a lot of but Steve is also a bank, sort of like a credit union. It is like a credit union. Yes, it's, it's like a credit union. So the exclusive credit union. It's like a member. You have a membership to a. Well, that's to what credit credit unions yeah. are. Exclusive membership. The the thing so, about Spiba is that it is dedicated and created to redirect monies back to black communities from people who invest in these in this organization. That is the one thing, that's the disconnect.
trillion dollars. We got nothing coming back from it. I propose that we spend $25 a month and then have a great return. And not only that, it has happened before. Yes. If you look at the Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this has happened. How many times did the, did the dollar circulate, there? About 30 to 100 times in these the black people, community. Right. These people had... They had movie theaters. They, they had, had to work with dentists, right? They had dentist offices, doctors' offices, and mm-hmm. things like that. In, in Hyde Park, you have the co-op. You know, there are different areas that are already exercising this, but it has to be something that is shown, and and that's what we're going for. This is a very this is this is this is the grassroots. This is the beginning of it. This is a game changer, though. right? But and it's a game changer, yeah. but this is the beginning of it. So we need as many people as we can. To, to jump listen, on board, to listen, to, and to be a part of this movement. To uh, look at the website, www.tspiba.com, and then read through it, and then once you understand where we headed, join it. Well, I do have an announcement to make, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we do have a new administrator coming on board to help us with our website. Who is that? Uh, she will be starting uh, toward the end of August. Who is that? Keisha Thomas. What? Oh. She has been. <laughs> Thank you very much. Did y'all, did y'all talk to the, uh, yes, the CEO? She spoke to me. What? <laughs> and we discussed it, and yes, you are you are now the administrator of our website. So, ladies and gentlemen, you got any questions after August about that website? Hey, Keisha, her email address will be on the website at whatever she chooses to put in the front of it at tcbiba.com. So, but seriously, we did need an administrator, and uh, we discussed it, and definitely we have chosen Keisha to be Keisha, did you put your your hat into the pool? Um, One more time. Did you throw your hat into the pool? I did. Okay. All right, so check this out, ladies and gentlemen. You all can reach us and watch us at www.tspeba.com. You can check Daryl out at lifewithlandow at blogspot.com. You can go to Facebook and look at the superior power in black America and communicate with us. You can reach us. Yes. And you can definitely reach us again at www.teachpeople.com. Don't forget, we'll be at the Juneteenth celebration in Old Settlers Park in Round Rock, Texas, behind the Dell Diamond. We'll be there from 2 to 12 midnight. Book signing. Uh, and, and, and you know what? If you go to the website, you'll get a chance to look at the people that we have coming. There's Cupid. There are quite a few other people. There's going to be a lot of food. Daryl's going to be judging brisket. Yeah, and we're going to be selling food. those ribs. I'm going to eat it. I got news for you. I'm going to barbecue some stuff and take it with me. (laughs) That's the way to show them. Ain't no barbecue like Chicago barbecue.